We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. First Corinthians 15, verse 50. For a few moments, it's on the same trend that we've been talking about the last few messages. It's a flesh thing. It's, it's a flesh thing. We've destroyed the works of the flesh the last two, two services or two messages. And we're going to continue on the same vain first corinthians 15 verse 50 now this i say brethren that the flesh that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god can somebody say that flesh, flesh. and blood, and blood. Cannot. cannot now you got to say that with some vigor cannot. cannot thank you cannot enter or inherit the kingdom of god neither doth corruption inherit incorruption behold i show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And the mortal, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and the mortal shall put on immortality, then shall then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity to deliver your word. I pray for this Bible study that we understand this mystery in this flesh thing in jesus name amen you can be seated thanks for standing out the respect of the word of god romans 8 and 13 we have to understand that the flesh has its plans and its vision and where it wants to go but through the holy ghost we have through the holy ghost a different plan a different dream a different vision romans 8 13 for if we live after the flesh ye shall die you understand how plain that is if you live after the flesh you shall die so many people live after the next video game so many people live after the next food binge people live after the next vacation they live after the next spleen they live after the next bar run they live after the next high. They live for their flesh thing. They live for the flesh thing. But the Bible says if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live, 
if ye through the Spirit do mortify, means kill the deeds of the body, ye shall live. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I can have the victory and have the liberty to be able to live for God in freedom. Live for God with liberty. He that the Lord has set free is free indeed. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We, it's a flesh thing when we get frustrated because we can't do some things in the flesh because it's so satisfying to the flesh. Our flesh would do certain things if it wasn't for the principles in the Word of God. Therefore, we have to mortify those deeds. We have to kill those deeds that would cause us to do things that our flesh would enjoy doing. There's a lot of things that, are, that we had to be delivered from that was a flesh thing. It was something that feeds the flesh. Our flesh is a monster if you let it. Our flesh is a, a beast if we allow it to be. Some people don't have governance over their flesh. They don't have self-discipline over their flesh. It's hard for them to be disciplined. Some people, it's hard for them to have control over themselves. And if you have any doubt, go to the prison system and ask each and individual person, why are you here? One person will say, I couldn't control my flesh and I killed somebody. Another person would say, I couldn't control my flesh and I went ahead and, and I got drunk and I killed somebody on the way home. Somebody says I couldn't have, and I'll, I'll say it like this, I didn't have control over my flesh and I had to text and drive and I killed somebody on the way home. Another person would say in a prison system, I didn't have control over my flesh and I put my hands on a child. I didn't have control over my flesh and I ended up on a website that I shouldn't have and the FBI came and they seized my equipment and sent me to jail. I, it's a flesh thing. You have to understand, you have to kill the deeds of the flesh. How many people that didn't want to pay their, tithe, their tithes, psh, didn't want to pay their, their IRS bill, didn't want to pay taxes, and their flesh says, I don't want to pay that. But then it ends up a flesh thing and they go to jail for years after years after years. We have to live disciplined. We have to be discipled. If so, a Christian says, I don't want to be discipled, that is a person that doesn't want to be called a child of God and a son of God, a daughter of God, because a daughter of God don't live after the flesh. They live through the Spirit. Romans 13 and 9, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilled in the law. You have to understand this flesh thing. I'm going to read on. And that knowing the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. 
The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day and not rioting in drunkenness, not in the chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The day is at hand. Today is the day. We are nearer to salvation. Somebody once said that when we moment that we were born is the moment that we started to die. The moment that we were born, we started to die. We only allotted 70 years. Our life is as a vapor and every minute that we choose we have to choose it right. Every, every second we have to, have to plan our week out. We have to plan our day out. We have to plan it in the Spirit of God, in the fellowship of His resurrection, in discipline. We have, to, we have to plan our day out. The Bible says the day is at hand. Therefore, cast off the works of darkness. Anything that's of the flesh, you have to cast it off. Anything to the satisfying of the flesh we have to war against. Because the Bible says we cannot serve both God and mammon. We can't have two masters. There can't be another desire higher than our desire to serve God. There can't be another hunger stronger than our hunger to have a relationship with Jesus. There's, it wasn't a coincidence that the Lord went up to the disciples and He says, you can't even pray for an hour. Watch and pray. He didn't say watch and pray to deliver me out of this temptation. He says watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray and, and let that day come upon you as a thief. Because there's going to come a time that the trumpet's going to sound and we're going to be caught naked. We're going to be caught like Adam and Eve with their hand in the cookie jar. I've been there. I've had Grandma catch me. Grandma, hey, catch me. We're going to be there. We're going to be caught, caught messing up. And when we get caught messing up in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, I, it was a flesh thing that caused me to lose out forever and ever and ever. It was a flesh thing for me to miss the rapture. It was a flesh thing for me to miss that the idea that He's so close that I should have been ready. Just as the leaves fall, you know that it's a season of fall. In the leaves, bud, you know that it's the season of spring. So shall it be when a Son of Man comes. When Jesus Christ comes, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm ready right now. You better believe it. I'm, I've got my shoes on. I've got my pants on. I got Ladies, you got your skirt on. And, and I'm ready. We're ready to go. We're ready. We're at the door. We're ready. The, the, the groom is coming for the bride. We've made ourselves ready. We're, the Lord's coming back to, for a bride without spot or wrinkle. We're ironing our clothes. We're constantly working on ourselves to get the spots out, to get the wrinkles out. What is it talking about? It's talking about the flesh. He's not really caring if you have wrinkles in your clothes. He's more caring if you have wrinkles 
spiritually. You've got sin. The Bible says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth easily beset us. And you don't want to be caught besetted when the rapture happens. 1 Corinthians 1, 29-31 That no flesh should glory in His presence. No matter how much you give to the poor, no matter how much time you give into the Bible, no flesh is going to glory at His presence. We're going to take all that we own and everything that we have up in heaven and all the crown of glory that God gave us, we're going to throw it down at His feet and we're going to worship the Lord and say, you know what, it's all about Jesus. That's why we're called Worship Tabernacle because we were created to worship and we're going to worship through the hard times and we're going to worship through the good times. And when everything's on the mountaintop, we're going to worship. And when we're going through COVID, we're going to worship. And we're going, and we got more money coming in, we're going to worship. And when we're laid off, we're going to worship. And on the high times and low times, on the mountaintops and in the valleys, we're a worshiping people. The apostolic Pentecostal people is the, the most worshiping people. That no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, of whom God hath made us, made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorifieth, let him glory in the Lord. We give God glory. You know why I give God glory? It's because I never had the power to say no to myself. But when I trust in the Lord, I was able to say no to drugs and no to alcohol and no to rated R movies and no to rated G movies now and no to different programming on radios and different websites. I, I could say no to myself because I got the power of the blood in me. Right. It works salvation. Now there's something totally off the sub, almost off the subject. You've got somebody that's living for God and trying to live for the devil at the same time. Preachers have to go through this where they've tried and they've tried and they've tried, and finally they have to give give this whole situation over to where it belongs. If somebody's hungry for sin and hungry for sin and trying to do whatever it takes to get away from God and go to sin or, or go, go and try to, they're so hungry for the things of the flesh. Demons have forsaken me for this present world. It was so attractive to them. It was so, they, he was so hungry for the things of the world that this Demas, this this man that could have been a man of God had forsaken me for this present. He could have been the most powerful prophet in the New Testament. And he, has, he had a bigger hunger for the things of the world than the things of God. Right. You want to know if you're going to be a preacher or a disciple or minister for Jesus Christ? Is where's your hunger at? What's driving you to go that extra mile? What's driving you to the prayer room? You better believe that when I was a young person, all the young people were outside playing basketball, but I found I grabbed me a tape player and I started playing music and I was lost. And then, uh, back in my single days, all these girls would pop open the door. Where's Aaron? Where's Aaron? I was where I wanted to be. I was where I needed to be. I needed more of Jesus than more of any of these people. 
And you've got people that are hungry. It's got a bigger hunger for mammon than hunger for God. And you can't serve. There's Somebody says, well, I'm on the fence. No, there's no fence. You're either on one side or the other. You're either going after God or you're going after the devil. You're either going after the things of God or you're going after the things of the world. You cannot have two masters. You can't be worshiping both God and Belial. 1 Corinthians 5 and 5, Apostle Paul had to do this to, to deliver such a, a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. It's a fearful thing to come into the hands of a living God, the Bible says. And when the devil lust conceives to bring forth sin, when sin is done, is death. And sometimes a preacher has to make a decision that if you want sin, you can have it. My prayers are going to go on those that are hungry. My prayers are going to go for those that are hungry and their desires to serve God. And when that transition happens and that preacher changes his prayer life and changes his focus, and that, that individual is delivered unto Satan. I'm here to tell you that the flesh will be ravaged if it wasn't for prayer. You, who knows where you would be right now if it wasn't for somebody praying for you? Who knows how bad it would be if it wasn't for a man or a lady praying for me and for you? That the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? You're just messing around a little bit. You're playing games a little bit. You're just having a little white lie, a little black magic, a little white magic, a little white lie, a little white lie. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sanctified for us. Therefore let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice or and wickedness, but the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. There's something about a child of God that's sincere and is full of truth. Everything is open. They, they want God more than anything, and their everything is open and everything is honest and everything is true. I'm so hungry for God that whatever it's going to take, it's not going to take me selling out to the world. It's not going to take me selling my soul to the devil. It's going to take me to I'm so sincere about this thing. I show up early not to fellowship with the church. I show up early to pray. I show up early to get in touch with God. I show up early to find God's feet and, and find a place of prayer and find a special moment with God that I can get in touch with the Lord, that I can shut out the world. If I can just have a moment with God, my week would go so much stronger, so much healthier, and so much, I'd have more power with God if I have just a moment with the King. If I can just have that special three seconds, if I could have that special minute with God, if I can have, who knows what it would be. I've seen it over and over. Young people and elders alike have that special moment that changed the whole service. And people starts getting a Holy Ghost and people starts falling out. Why? Because there's somebody that found their relationship with God and they got sincere and they got truth. Yes. Bible says, Therefore let us keep 
Now let's go down. To verse 10, yet not altogether with the fornicators. Let's go up to 9. I wrote unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must he needs go out of the world. What he's saying is, is he's, he's not talking about the world. We've got to go to the world to preach to him. We got to go to the world to give the great commission to them, but what he's saying is, is he's saying, don't keep company. Don't if your brother or your sister's found messing around in fornication, messing around in idolatry, and they're putting up images in their house and on their t-shirts and in their in their office, they're putting up images and idols. They're supposed to be a Christian and they hail teams, and they're supposed to be a Christian and they hail coaches extortioners and covetous and fornicators of the world Bible says verse 11 but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one not to eat for what have I to do to judge them that are without do not to judge them that are within, but them that are without God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. What am I talking about? It's a flesh thing. If you have a problem in the flesh, you need to deal with that problem. You need to work on that problem. If it's a weakness, make it a strength. If it's a flesh thing. There's people coming into the church that's going to have so many flesh things that they need God to minister to them every church service. And us that are called Christ, us that are called His, this the Bible says, let not fornication once be named among you. Amen. Let not lying be once named among us. We are children of the light. We're children of truth, not children of lies. We are transparent. We should be full of truth. Somebody come to you with the flesh thing. Don't judge them harshly. The Bible said admonish them as a brother. Treat them as your brother. Treat them with respect. Don't look down your nose, your glasses at them, and you say, oh, you weak person, because the moment that you get self-righteous, the Bible says our righteousness is as righteousness as filthy rags. You need to get that in your spirit to say, I must decrease and He must increase. People's going to come in with all kinds of faults. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, and nobody comes in here is perfect. That's why we don't kiss people with gold rings and we don't treat anybody with respect or persons. Just because they got money and they don't, I'm treating everybody the same. It's a flesh thing. There's going to be a lot of people. My Bible study today, if it's a flesh thing, let's make it a God thing and put God first. And let's work on the flesh thing. The song goes, building up the temple, building up the temple, building up the temple of the Lord. 
Brother, won't you help us? Sister, won't you help us? Building up the temple of the Lord. Now, you, 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 you often think that that's talking about the church and going to church at a certain time and building a building. But you, when we sing this song again, I want you to say, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a whole church to build one person in the church, to disciple one, church, one person. So when I sing this song again, I'm singing about me. Building up this temple, building up this temple, building up the temple of the Lord. Brother, won't you help us? Sister, won't you help us? Building up the temple of the Lord. Because railing, railing is, is, is using your words as daggers and walking all over somebody with your words that make somebody look less spiritual than you. What people need when they come into church is, brother, won't you help me build this temple? Sister, won't you help me? Because there's all kinds of flesh things. And I'm done preaching. It's a record. Amen. If you're dealing with the flesh thing, internet, my phone number is 574-806-1347. We will pray with you. In Jesus' name, you can't have victory over the flesh unless you're born of water and of spirit. Because without the spirit of Christ, you're not of His. And you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, how do I know I got the Holy Ghost? The Bible says that those that believe will speak with new tongues. In the book of Acts 2 and 4, they received the Holy Ghost for the first time and they spoke with tongues. The Gentiles was first filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 10 and they spoke with tongues after they got the Holy Ghost. In Acts 19, the certain disciples received the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Acts, or I'm sorry, John 3 and 10, the Bible says, The wind bloweth where it listeneth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and thou canst not tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. Right. I think that's 3 and 8. Right. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Another translation says, the wind or the spirit goes where it pleases and you hear a sound thereof and you cannot tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house. So they were sitting there peered under them as the clothed tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit give the utterance. Apostle Paul says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than y'all. Apostle Paul says, I sing in the Spirit. I sing with the understanding also. I pray in the Spirit. I pray with the understanding also. There's an unknown language. It's an angelic language. Apostle Paul says, though we speak with tongues of men and of angels, have not charity. It profits me. Nothing. If you got a flesh thing, call me. We will pray with you. Thank you for joining this Bible study. Let's pray.
In Jesus' name, God, lead us to the hungry, lead us to the hurting. We know there's no good thing in this flesh. We can't glory in this flesh no matter what we do, good or bad. We can't glory in this flesh, God. We need your help every single day, Jesus. Help us walk by faith and not by sight. Give us your understanding. Give us your eyes to see. Give us your ears to hear. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to see what you have to have us to see, Jesus. God, lead us in the paths of righteousness. God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen in Jesus' name. Somebody shout, Jesus' name. Jesus.